I've got a question. How many of you believe in the power of prayer? Raise your hands. How many believe in the power of prayer? Okay, pow- I know you do. How many of you would say, I probably could pray even more, possibly? Isn't that interesting? Isn't that kind of funny how most of us would say we believe in the power of prayer, and yet in the body of Christ, most of us would probably say we probably don't pray as much as we should. Why do you think that is? Uh, I've got a lot of theories behind why I believe that many Christians don't pray as passionately and as faith-filled as they think they should. One of the reasons, I think, is that a lot of us don't, we just don't feel good at it. Like, you listen to some people pray, and they almost pray like a professional prayer. Like, they could be sponsored by the Holy Spirit. They pray so good, you know. Like, and, and it's almost like you get in certain prayer meetings, and you feel intimidated because some people are so good that you almost feel like if there were points, they'd be way ahead of you. And you know there's not points, or at least we hope there's not points, but if there were, you probably get points when you quote Scripture in prayer. Like, you know, they say, and it says in Isaiah 54, no word formed against you will prosper. Ding, ding, ding. They just got three points. You're going, I didn't know that was Isaiah 54. And then if they bind up the devil, that's extra points. And whenever somebody says, mmm, in your prayer, there's three points right there. You're going, I got no points, you know, and, and sometimes when I pray, I feel like I get bored. Any of you ever get bored? Your own prayers. You're like going, Father, in Jesus' name, the, the bird, bird. Butter. I need to get butter. We don't have butter. I got to get butter. And I'm sometimes thinking like God even may get bored in my prayers. Like, where were you, Craig? Come back to me. Why, why is it that we believe in the power of prayer and yet many of us don't pray nearly as much as we know that we should? I have another theory. That's what I want to talk to you about today is I have a theory that too many of us are praying way too safe. We're praying way too safe. When you look at Scripture, what you see is you see a lot of dangerous prayers because following Jesus was never meant to be safe. And what I want to do, People's Church, is I want to um, introduce one dangerous prayer uh, for you to pray. And since you're already an amazing faith-filled praying church, I would encourage you just for seven days, this is going to be your goal, and you can put a reminder on your phone um, when you wake up or maybe in the middle of the day to pray this prayer. And I, I want you to see what happens, not just in your life, but through your life, if you will commit to pray this prayer for seven days. Some of you may get crazy and go, I saw God in me, and I saw God through me. And this may become a regular part of your prayer life but I would encourage you to do this for seven days. I'm going to introduce the dangerous prayer from the book of Acts. Are you ready for the word of God? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Are you ready? Acts chapter 4, I'm going to give you the context. Peter and John had been preaching the gospel. Jesus is the son of God. He was without sin. He gave his life on a cross, and three days later, God raised him from the dead. And if anyone, doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, calls on that name that is above every name, the name of Jesus, you'll be saved from your sins. They're preaching the gospel. And they came across a guy that hadn't been walking for 40 years, and they prayed for this guy, and he was miraculously healed by God. How many of you believe in a God that says, to him, all things are possible? They prayed, and this man could walk. And the priests and the Sadducees and the captain of the temple guard were furious. Who are you praying to? You you can't pray those prayers. You must be a cult. 
And so the religious leaders um, arrested Peter and John, took them on trial before the Sanhedrin, and said, by what authority are you doing these things? And Acts chapter 4, verse 10, Peter says, let me clearly state to all of you and all the people of Israel that this man was healed by the powerful Name, somebody help me out, the powerful name of Jesus Christ in Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Now, what these guys just said there was bold. Everybody say bold. Everybody say it was bold. It was bold beyond measure because the Sadducees did not believe in resurrection. And so when they said that he was raised from the dead, in front of the Sadducees, in many ways, this was kind of like a declaration of war. They're coming at the Sadducees' values that there's no such thing as a resurrection. And so Scripture says in verse 13, the members of the council, what were they? Let's say it aloud. They were they were amazed. When what did they see? What did they see? When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see they were ordinary men with no special training in Scripture. So let's slow it down. What were the religious leaders? What was their response? They were what? They were amazed when they saw the what? When they saw the boldness of people who were very, very ordinary um, in the Greek language, the word translated as ordinary is the word idiotes. This is funny to me. Because Bible commentaries, they're, 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 just, they're polite. A very real translation of idiotes, what do you think it is? You got it, idiots. That's what it is. It means they were unlearned, unschooled, they were idiots. Kind of like where we live, apostle, if someone does something stupid and someone else says, bless your heart, you know what that means, don't you? I mean, you ain't nothing but an idiot, right? That's what it means. If I, if I fell off this stage right here, God, like, bless his heart. He shouldn't have got so close to the edge. I did my first funeral when I was 22 years old, and I, they wanted to sing Amazing Grace, so I started singing Amazing Grace. I just thought they'd join in. Nobody joined in. I can't sing. Is is my first and ever solo. And when I was singing, it was an outside funeral. A fly came and it hit my... What do you call that? What's that little thing, that dingly thing? What's that called? What is it? Uvula. I can't remember that. It hit my uvula and dropped down in my throat like that. So what do you do? You're at a funeral. You're 22 years old, doing your only solo. Do you swallow or spit it out by grandma's grave? What do you do? What do you do? I took one for the name of Jesus, the glory of Jesus. I swallowed that thing. I got down, I got down to the end of the funeral. I said, I put my hand on the casket. I said, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. I hadn't been to seminary yet. I said, ashes to ashes, Dust to dust. What comes after that? I didn't know either. <laughs> I couldn't have figured fair. So I just said, I'm going to make this funny. I said, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Sure hope this coffin doesn't rust. That's what I did. That's what I did. And see, you laughed, and they didn't. I thought it was funny. They didn't think it was funny at all. I'm walking back to the car with the funeral home director. He puts his arm around me. He says, first funeral? I said, Yeah. Yeah, bless your heart. Okay, that's what he said. And, and that, that's what's going on here. These guys, they, the, the religious leaders, what, was, what, what, what were they? They were, they were what? They were amazed by their what? By their 
boldness, because they said, these are nothing but a bunch of idiots. These were ordinary people, and they were amazed by the boldness. So there's a dilemma because the religious leaders and the um, government authorities had the power to take the lives of Peter and John. And they said, you can't preach Jesus. Don't preach Jesus anymore. And so these old guys went to pray a prayer, and let me tell you what they didn't pray. They didn't pray what I'd pray. They didn't pray, oh, Lord, keep us safe in Jesus' name. Put a hedge of protection around us, oh, God. They didn't pray, give us a comfy life free of pain. They didn't pray, don't let bad things happen to us, oh, Jesus, because we're serving you faithfully. No, they prayed a dangerous prayer. And this is the prayer that I want to encourage you, if you choose to accept this assignment for the next seven days to pray this dangerous prayer. Here's the dangerous prayer they prayed. Verse 29, and now, O Lord, hear their threats. They're threatening to kill us, okay? Here's their dangerous prayer. And give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Here's a dangerous prayer. The prayer is, make us bold. Everybody said that, make us bold. Make us bold. God, make us bold. God, make us bold. God, give us unshakable spiritual convictions. Give us a spiritual urgency, God, to obey you no matter the cost. God, make us bold. What if people looked on and said, oh, man, those people, those people from People's Church, we're amazed at how bold they are. Because when you're bold for Jesus, let me just promise you, you have no idea what God might do through a single moment of boldness. You have no idea how God might use you in a single moment of boldness. So I want to ask you a question, and I'm going to put up on the screen a little uh, kind of a chart between 1 and 10, and I want to ask you, how amazed are people by your boldness? Like 1 to 10, like we'll go all the way to 10, and we're going to just say 10 is Jesus, so chances are you're not Jesus, but 9 would be like they're going, yeah, they know where you stand, you're talking about them all the time, you're praying for people, you've invited like 19 people last week to People's Church, because you're full of the Holy Spirit everywhere, let's go down to about a 4, and the last time you actually prayed out loud was probably 2012. <laughs> the last time you invited someone to church is, well, maybe you didn't. If you go all the way down to one, you are a Christian, but maybe the people that you work with don't even know it. When they find out, they're like, oh, you're a Christian? I am too. I didn't even know you were. We've worked together for seven years, and I had no idea you were a Jesus follower too. I want you to just think about it for a moment and say, on a scale of one to 10, what would you say people would say about your boldness? How bold are you? When I became a, a new Christian in uh, college, I was really wild for a while. Um, how many of you know sin can be fun? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Yeah, sin can be fun. If you don't raise your hand, either you're, either you're lying, you know, or you didn't do it right. Because <laughs> it, it can be fun for a while, but my sin caught up to me and uh, it got bad. And so I started seeking Jesus. And when you start seeking him, he tends to show himself to you fast because when you seek him, you'll find him. And I found him and he transformed my life. And so I was with a bunch of other kind of like 
uh, brand new Christians. We didn't know nothing. We were stuck. We, we went out, I'll tell you how dumb we were. We went out and got drunk to celebrate becoming a Christian. That's how dumb we were. We just didn't know, like, true story. That's how dumb we were. We didn't know any better. Like, we were building our testimony. Then we were Christians. We were still building our testimony, you know. And, uh, and so we came across and read this text, and we started praying, make us bold, make us bold. And I was a um, college tennis player. I was not a good one my first year. The only reason they kept me, I was the only American on the team, and I had the only car. And that's the only reason they kept me, because I could drive to practice. And then I got better, and by my senior year, um, I got an award at a banquet. And it was the big award, the student athlete award. They said, you want to come up here and say something? You got, you got 60 seconds. Well, I was a new Christian, and I've been praying, make me bold. So I just met my wife, Amy, and I came up and said, hey, everybody, I got my Christian babe. That's what I called her. And it's probably pretty cancelable nowadays to call someone a babe. But back then, she was my babe. She still is my babe, but I just can't say that. So this is my Christian babe who I'm going to marry. I was like claiming her in Jesus' name so every other guy would know she's mine. And then I just said in front of all these people, they, you want to say a couple words? I said, I was lost, and I was broken, and I was in my sin, and I call on the name of Jesus, and he saved me. And if you call on him, whether it's today or tomorrow or 10 years from now or 20 years from now, he'll save you too. And that's all I had to say. And that's what I said. And I walked by everybody, and they were kind of like you, real quiet. Nobody said anything. And I walked by this soccer player, nice guy from England. I didn't know him real well. And he said, that was the boldest thing I've ever seen in my life. How amazed are people by your boldness? Verse 18 of Acts chapter 5 says, The religious leaders and the government leaders, they arrested the apostles and they put them in public jail. This is the second time this week they've been in jail for their boldness. They put them in a public jail. But an angel of the Lord came at night and opened the gate of the jail and brought them out. Then he told them, go in the temple courts and give the people the message of this new life. Let me give you three attributes of boldness, so we're going to break this text down. Thought number one, if you're taking notes, boldness almost always triggers spiritual opposition. You need to know this, because if you start praying, make me bold tomorrow, you got to understand boldness almost always triggers spiritual opposition. These old guys pray, make us bold. In spite of their threats, make us bold. Give us the boldness to proclaim the name that is above every name. And right after praying this prayer, Scripture says, they arrested the apostles and put them in a public jail. The second time this week. And what would so many Christians do today if something like that happened? They said, where are you, God? Why are you letting this happen? I've been serving you faithfully. Things should always go my way. But when you pray this dangerous prayer, make me bold, things may not go your way because boldness always triggers spiritual opposition. I got to warn you, you pray this prayer, you're going to start doing things. People are going to make fun of you. They're going to laugh at you. They're going to criticize you. They might talk bad about you. They might make fun of you. You start living boldly for Jesus. Some of the young adults, you may be a home alone on Saturday night because they don't want to invite you to the party. Every New Year's night, every Super Bowl party, we're home alone. Why? Because we don't drink. <laughs> don't invite the pastors because there's going to be beer at that party. You may be home alone. 
You start witnessing at school and you may not be in a popular crowd anymore. You stand up for your faith at your work and you may get overlooked for the promotion even though you're more qualified. That's why I would tell you right now, when you pray this prayer, it's a dangerous prayer because praying for boldness, boldness always triggers spiritual opposition. Write this down. If you're not ready to face opposition for your obedience to God, you're not ready to be used by God. Mmm, there's some mmms. Give me some points in heaven for those mmms. <laughs> boldness. Pastor, is it true? Almost always triggers spiritual opposition. The second thought is so much more fun. I like this one, and it's very, very true. You need to understand, number two, boldness often releases God's miracles. Boldness often releases God's miracles. Uh, I, want, I, want, I want you to see the way uh, Luke writes this in Acts 5.19, because this is funny to me. Okay, they're in prison. I want you to watch this. And just look, look at how this is in the text. They're in prison, and Luke says this. But an angel of the Lord came at night and opened the gates of the jail and brought them out. That's it. That's funny to me. We're in jail, and he says, but an angel of the Lord came at night and opened the gates of the jail and brought them out. Do you see why this is funny? There's not even an exclamation point. There's not a holy freaking cow. A 10-foot tall angel showed up with a sword the side of a Honda Accord. There's none of that. There's not like, oh my gosh, we were sitting there and God did a miracle. No. Luke says, but an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of jail and brought them out. Luke, didn't he make a big deal out of it? He wasn't surprised. He wasn't shocked. Why? Because when you walk in obedience to God, you won't be surprised by the miracles of God. Come on, somebody. When you're in the presence of God and you're walking by the Spirit and you're praying bold prayers and you're believing in faith, you're not shocked when God shows up because you're filled with his Spirit. I had to learn this. I was, I was a young pastor, and, and, and we were in a um, really cool charismatic Methodist church, charismatic Methodist church, where you'd, you'd be like robes and a shofar. Apostles' Creed and laying on a hands at a Methodist church. It's really cool. At the end of the service, a lady came up and said, I'm, I'm, my, the doctor said, my eyes are going blind. Will you pray for me to be healed? I said, Pastor, what do I do? He said, go, go to my office, get some anointing oil. I went to his office, and there was a desk, and there were two bottles of oil on it. One was uh, oil from Israel, and one of them had a red top on it. So I smelled them both, and the red top smelled like cinnamon. I thought, Israel, that's close to God, but cinnamon, that's close to godliness. And so I took the cinnamon one, and I went in and, and didn't know how to pray, so I put some on my finger. I thought, I'm going to put it on a cross because that seemed right on her forehead. I said, pray for your name of the Father, Holy Spirit. And when I put it out, the cinnamon came on there. I put it on there, and she started going, Woo, it's hot. Woo, oh, it's burning. And I thought, oh, I got the power of God on this thing, right? And I just, I just prayed for it. Next week, she came back in. She had this little red spot on her, on her little forehead. I didn't realize I'd got lamp oil. It was like Christmas lamp oil. Should have gone, gone with the holy Israel oil. 
And she came back in and she said, she said, Lord, have mercy. I went to the doctor. He said, my eyes are healed. And you know what I said? I said, no way. That's what I said. As a young pastor, I've learned to say, praise the Lord. Because listen, when you're walking in obedience to God, you're not surprised, come on somebody, whenever God shows up and does more than you ever imagined. You start praying, make me bold, and an angel of the Lord shows up and opens the jail cell, and you're not even shocked by it because you're walking in his presence. Boldness, listen to me. You pray it as a dangerous prayer. It always triggers spiritual opposition. It often uh, triggers, it often releases God's miracles. And number three, Boldness always requires faith, always requires faith. You pray this, it's going to take some faith. The angel of the Lord shows up and says, go to the temple and give the people this message of life. So, that, so at the daybreak, the apostles enter the temple as they were told and immediately begin teaching. What did the angel tell them to do? The angel said, hey, guys. Go do what got you arrested twice already this week. Go tell them about Jesus, that very thing that may get you beaten and thrown in prison again. It always requires faith, but you have no idea how God might use a single moment of obedience to change someone's life. I told my testimony at the ceremony my senior year of college. And nothing happened until 20-some-odd years later. And that same soccer player, I saw him at the gym. And he came up and he gave me a big hug. Not a hug like two guys that barely knew each other years ago, but it was a different kind of hug. And he said, I just got to tell you thank you. And started crying on my shoulder at the gym. He said, my life fell apart. My wife left me. And I thought, I need to turn to God somewhere. I don't know where to go. Where do I go to church? I don't know. Nobody has a church. And he goes, I remember that bold guy in college. And I thought, I know he's got a church. I'll go there and see if he's still being bold. And so he came in and, and, and heard the gospel, and his life was completely changed. We had a very awkward bro-hug Jesus thing in the gym 20-some-odd years later. 20-some-odd years later. And that's why I want you to know, when you pray this prayer, God's going to make you bold. Like, you're going to have a different Monday than you would have had otherwise. You watch, I promise you. You're going to have a different Tuesday than you would have had otherwise. And you have no idea. You can pray, some of you can pray this prayer, and you're not going to walk out of, of the building you're in without volunteering to serve somewhere. Because you can't just sit back and go to church anymore. you got to be the church. Come on. Come on. If you're here and you got breath in your lungs, you're called to be a part of the body of Christ. You don't watch, you're in. Some of you are going to be so bold, you can't walk out with set without saying, give me a place to serve. Some of you, you will never, ever come to people's church again without bringing somebody with you. Because when the light shines through you, the light just penetrates the darkness. And when you know how Jesus, how good he is, you just can't keep him to yourself. You'll be praying this week, make me bold. And all of a sudden, you're going to see bold opportunities everywhere all the time. You have no idea how God might use one moment of boldness to change someone's life. I just want to warn you, like seriously, I want you to feel it. It's a dangerous prayer. It's going to take faith 
you, you'll, you'll, you'll take some risks with people. You may not even be comfortable praying out loud. And the next thing you know, you're at work and you're saying, can I pray for you? And you're praying out loud. And then someone may ask you a question, like, I don't know. And all of a sudden, this, this missile, this Bible, lands in your brain. Where did that come from? You won't be surprised by the miracles of God because you're walking in obedience to God. It's dangerous prayer, though, because what happened to our two heroes of the story, Peter and John? I got good news for you. They preached the gospel boldly, and they lived happily ever after. They settled down. They got married. They had four kids. All their kids' names started with K. Kale. Crispy. I was just making up some K names. Anyway, I just, I just like that. They all start with K. And they started a consulting business based on their experience of working together for the gospel. They made lots of money. And these two guys retired early. And one of them bought a house in the mountains, and the other one bought a house at the beach. Peter and John took their grandkids to each other's houses at the beach and in the mountains because that's how we roll, right? That's not what happened. According to um, contemporary historians, John was the only disciple that wasn't martyred because they just dipped him in boiling faith and for some reason that dude wouldn't die. <laughs> just didn't die. And so they exiled him to the Isle of Patmos. Peter, uh, first century sources tell us that he was martyred in Rome. And tradition is that they said, we're going to crucify you like Jesus. But he said, no, I can't be crucified as my Savior. So the tradition is he was crucified upside down. And that's why I need to tell you, clearly it's a dangerous prayer. Boldness always comes with opposition. If you're facing opposition, that may be a sign you're doing things right. That's why I rarely worry when I'm being persecuted for my boldness. I'll often worry when I'm not being persecuted. What's Jesus done for you? Has he forgiven you? Healed you? Saved you? Changed you? Made you new people's church? Given you a church family? recognize who he is and what he's done he's too good to keep to yourself everybody say make me bold pray, pray, pray it to God pray God make me bold 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 people's church in Midwest City and in North Oklahoma City and in Oklahoma City and in Indianapolis and by faith in Edmond to come and all over the world at church online I'm going to invite you. Seven days. Seven days. Your Monday won't be the same. Your Tuesday won't be the same. And odds are most of you won't come to church next week alone because God's going to make you bold. And you have no idea what God might do through one moment of boldness. So, Father, we pray in the name that is above every name that your Holy Spirit would work within us. People's Church, wherever you're praying, I'm gonna just give you a moment right now to think about it. Will you, and don't raise your hand if you won't, is in a game, there's no, nobody else looking. I'm from down the street, I don't know you anyway, so I'm not gonna hurt my feelings, but if, if you're serious, if you pray this, 
Put a reminder on your phone for seven days. If you're, if you're willing to do that and see what God does, would you lift up your hands right now and say, I'll, I'll pray, make me bold. Just lift up your hands around the room. You can type in the comment section online. I'll pray, make me bold. I'll pray, make me bold. God, I thank you for um, these spirit-filled believers who have the faith, not just to pray safe, self-centered, keep us safe, bless our food, keep us warm, bless us for no more prayers. But God will have the faith to turn to you, make us bold, make us bold, make us bold, make us bold, make us bold. And God, I thank you in advance for what you're gonna do in the lives of these believers. And God, I thank you in advance how you're gonna work through them to bless people to build your kingdom. God, make us bold. As you keep praying, um, the boldest move in the history of the world was when God didn't just tell us about his love, but he showed us his love. He demonstrated his love. And while we were still sinners, Christ, the Son of God, the sinless one, the perfect one, God in the flesh, Jesus, died in our place. Who is Jesus? What was this message that Peter and John were preaching? Jesus is the sinless, perfect son of God. He's the lamb of God without blemish. Who sacrificed his life so we could be forgiven. The perfect one died on the cross and God raised him from the dead so that anyone, this includes you, doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter how dark your life is, doesn't matter how guilty you feel, anyone who calls on that name, the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the name at which one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. He is the Lord of all, everyone, anyone who calls on the name of Jesus. All of your sins would be forgiven. You would be made brand new. There are many of you today, you're online, you're watching, you're at church, you're not here by acting, you're here by the provision, by the power, by the purpose of God because today is the day of your salvation. When you call on his name, all the old things are gone. All the sins are forgiven. He makes you brand new. He fills you with the power of his Holy Spirit so you can do his will. Wherever you are, you say, I need his grace. I need his forgiveness. Today, step into it. Call on his name. Believe he loves you. When you call on him, you will be new. All over this room, everyone online, those who say, I need his grace. I need Jesus. By faith, I call on him. I call on the name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, save me and make me new. That's your prayer. Lift your hands high right now. All over the place, lift them up right here. God bless you guys here as well. Praise God for you all over here. Come on, People's Church. Hands going up all over the place. Somebody worship God right now. Come on, People's Church. We're not praying for revival. Listen, we're right in the middle of the one. Apostle, we got people coming to Christ all over the place online. You can just type it in the comment section. I'm surrendering my life to Jesus. I'm surrendering my life. Now, would you all pray aloud with me and we're going to end this prayer make it a little bit more dangerous just pray heavenly father everybody loud pray heavenly father forgive my sins jesus save me make me brand new fill me with your spirit so i could know you so i could serve you so i could show your love my life is not my own i give it all to you Now, God, make me bold. Make me bold. Make me bold. Make me bold to serve others. Make me bold to show your love. Make me bold to bring people to church. Make me bold to show the love of Jesus. My life is not my own. I give it all to you.
Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Could somebody celebrate, worship God, welcome those born into the family of God. Come on, people's church. You're the early crowd. You're the spiritual ones. Let's worship God like you mean it. God, we love you. Make us bold, we pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen.